Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 15th of March 2011. I always start off the talk by advising newcomers to look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and help yourself to the hundreds of audios you'll find for download, which are there for free. And remember, to all the sites you see listed on that page are the major sites I have. The fact that the only sites I have, anything else with my name in it isn't mine. And uh, they all carry transcripts, too, of a lot of the talks for Prince Up in English. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu, which is also listed in the com site, and help yourself to the variety offered there. And remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you. I don't bring on advertisers or guests who um, will petrify you with scary stories and then sell you things. And it's up to you, therefore, to keep me going. The ads you hear on the show are paid by advertisers separately, independently of me, and directly to RBN for this broadcast for the airtime and for the equipment staff and their bills. So help me with mine. Buy the discs and so on I have for sale in the books at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can use a personal check. You can also use an international postal money order. You can send cash, and you can use PayPal. You'll notice the donation button on the com site. Use that and follow it up by an email with name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Across the rest of the world, you're stuck with Western Union. You have MoneyGram, and you have PayPal again to order using the donation button. And remember, straight order, straight donations are also really, really welcome, especially with massive inflation going on and with no sight and end uh, is the way it's going here in Canada and the States. So we're going through a massive change, as I say. Uh, I said last night, and I've been leading up this for a while. This is the new parts of the new world order. This is the next agenda as we go into austerity. It's amazing how everything just falls in line with their austerity funding and their plans and their big global meetings and so on, and the funding they put off to the to the United Nations and to the, the IPCC, etc., all the big organizations that are wanting us to come down and live in the green, you might say, real austerity, and where we'll have to pay massive, massive bills for the little energy we'll get in return for them. That's all part of this. And the same boys who own the big nuclear nuclear plants today and all the other kinds of power plants are the same boys who've been in charge of the new industry. It doesn't matter if it's wind or whatever. It's the same bunch who will run it because, you see, power maintains power. And the last thing they want is for you to have any independence at all. You must be interdependent, which means totally dependent for your on your bosses for everything that you need, water, food, clothing, uh, everything, all energy. And what's also astonishing, too, is it's not really astonishing, but it's, it's how immediate, immediate all the big organizations that are funded by foundations, the big NGOs that are funded by foundations, masses of money, too, 
to bring about this part of the change are out immediately after the Japan disaster to push the next step into greening. And, of course, uh, it's so amazing, too, because they're all yuppies, you know, and they all have every electronic gadget and gizmo there is out there. And, of course, they must see themselves as exempt from the kind of prices they're going to have to pay in the future as they bring in all of this austerity to the rest of us. Quite something. But mind you, uh, the leaders know what's going on because they're well paid by the foundations. They know the real agenda and they will be immune to it because they're, they're going to be living high up on the tree with you at the bottom, basically. But as I say, it's amazing how everything is so predictable. It's like deja vu, isn't it? Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix, just talking about this incredible uh, tragedy in Japan where uh, the reactors are either melting down, melted down, or in the process of melting down. We'll never get at the true story because their government isn't used to dealing with the public. They're usually simply dictating to them. They're very obedient people, the Japanese, and we're getting all these conflicting stories of scientists saying the worst and then, of course, their own governmental officials coming on and telling you all to be calm and so on. So it's up and down like a yo-yo and uh, it will continue that way. Mind you, uh, it would simply be better run if it happened here, of course, in, in Canada or the States because we have better public relations that have had so many years of having to deal with the public and lying to them at the same time. But uh it's so amazing to watch the Japanese stations as they try and tell you what's going on and definitely heavily censored in what they're telling the general public. The death toll will be staggering from this when they're finished and uh, we might not get that the true toll for months to come. Who knows? It's just astonishing. There's a, there's a caller from Washington on the line. It's Mahara. Are you there, Mahara? Hello? Yes, hello. Yes. Yeah, um, I'm here looking at some of your books. I really appreciate your work. And uh, it's kind of interesting, uh, uh, about 10, 12 years ago, uh, one day I woke up and I just started thinking about our language and the words and how things were put together and realized there was an, an intelligence of something behind it. And uh, it meant more to me for some reason. Now I, now I can't look at a word without numerically figuring out its value and things. And while I was reading your book, I had the same things happening, and I found it interesting. I just wanted to share a couple things. When we were talking about the Masons and the the uh, numerical letter X, for instance, that equals uh, sex. And uh, another word, what I do is my mind goes to other words that come up with the same numerical value, like the word bedded, for instance, is 24 in that word, and sex is or X is the twenty the 24th letter. Mm-hmm. And then if you times it by two, it comes out to 48. Well, the word sex comes out to 48. Yeah. You see where my mind works like that? That's right. Yeah. And it's interesting. So a number of things in the word hymen, for instance, when I separate it, high, H-Y, yeah. is 33. Well, the word seed is 33. Mm-hmm. And men, M-E-N, is 32. And the word life is 32. So it's seed life, hymen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The whole thing is a language within a language. Yeah, it just, it blows me away though when I start, you know, seeing these things and, 
and um, kind of, you know, I appreciate everything that you've done because it, it just, I kind of let these things go because I couldn't explain it to people and they thought I was absolutely nuts. Yeah, it's, it's much like the, you understand it's an ancient technique because even in ancient Chaldea, um, the Chaldeans had their, their, their um, alphabet numerically composed as well. And the words themselves, I think the alphabet comes first and then you, then you design all the words to, to get the proper uh, numerology from the words themselves. So it's an ancient technique. And you find that, that even invading armies would hire these people uh, as scouts and carriers, uh, messengers, between when a war was going on, and they would carve out the, the numbers on sticks and then they'd carry them, run with them to the next lines, and then another Chaldean would decipher it for them. So it was a code, you see. Codes have always been used down through time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it just like I said, I guess when you just start discovering these things, and like I said, I don't know where it came from. It came from out of nowhere. At the same time, I started uh, drawing actually hexagons and things, and like the word Abba, which comes out of the hexagon, and, and uh, you know, an A and a B, everything, all the Greek language was right there. You know, the beginning of the of the alphabet in Greek yeah. was there. It's just, uh, it's very interesting to me. And, and once again, uh, I appreciate your show and, and everything that you've done, all the hard work. It, it boggles my mind how uh, knowledgeable you've become and and how you can articulate this so well that, that so many of us uh, get the opportunity to really uh, grow and understand uh, what's been happening. And uh, I just want to thank you once again. And once I encourage everyone to get your books. Uh, they're just awesome. There's so much information in there. And, and uh, you know, yeah. thank yep. you. That, thanks for calling. I appreciate that. And, and it certainly does give you a higher level of understanding when you realize the cons that are printed every day in your media and it's not difficult either when you go back into the books printed in the 1800s and even look at Mackay's Encyclopedia Freemasonry and he'll, he'll give you a couple of codes in there which are now defunct, they're obsolete. But there's codes and uh, codes within codes. And then you go into cryptology. It's a very good book. It puts out uh, oh, maybe 40, 50 years ago. And it'll show you how the founding fathers of the U.S. Um, used cryptology machines very incredible intricate machines and some of them were designed by Jefferson there in the the Jeffersonian Museum and uh, they literally could uh, uh, get the codes and the numbers and so on and work it through these little wheels with all the stamps and numbers on them quite fascinating stuff so they've always done this because secrecy for any power group is uh, important and they've always used this down through time and it's all around you uh, every day and again even when they, they created the modern English language or what became the modern English language in the days of uh, uh, James, who gave us the King James Bible. He commissioned a whole bunch of scholars to bring out this Bible, and it coincided with uh, uh, the coming out of um, um, Shakespeare. So Shakespeare introduced about 140,000, 180,000 words into the language, which became the English language. In other words, they invented a language on the spot back then. And, of course, it was once again uh, heavily encoded by people who knew the techniques to do it. And uh, it can be proven if you go through it yourself. Now, getting back to um, what's happening in the world today with Japan and all the rest of it, um, there's an article here about, from this is interesting, the Mail Online, and I'll read a little bit of this and then go on to what Canada says about it. Because we're all being managed right now, you understand. 
this is typical, it's a homeland security management of crisis. Now, it's interesting, even the, 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 the top of the, of the government of uh, Japan came out and said to the people to keep calm uh, about the information he was about to give them, and then he, he followed it with what was happening and so on. And we're getting told the same message everywhere on the world. Uh, this article here is from Britain. America on radiation alert says Japan faces world's worst nuclear accident since Chernobyl, as experts warn fallout may reach the U.S. And it says, um, fears that America could be hit by the nuclear fallout from the Japan earthquake have dramatically increased as workers prepare to abandon a reactor crippled by the earthquake and tsunami last night in the face of what is set to become the world's second worst nuclear disaster, topped only by Chernobyl. Damage at the number two reactor, the crippled uh, Fukushima, the Ichi nuclear power complex is worse than thought the Japanese government admitted tonight, sparking fears for human health, both in Japan and the U.S. And then they give you some videos and all the rest of it just to get you going, oh, and ah. And uh, this is a dramatic, dramatic escalation. The severity of the disaster came after an explosion at number two reactor at 6 a.m. on Tuesday morning. Initially, authorities downplayed the explosion. However, industry executives told the New York Times that the explosion damaged a containment facility, and now the situation has spiraled out of control. Well, with every one of these reactors, they've said the same thing, that it spiraled out of control. And it says, Japan's Prime Minister warned those within 19 miles of the plant to stay indoors. Well, fat lot of good, that will do you at that kind of radiation level. It says, it's way past Three Mile Island already, Frank von Hippel, a physicist and professor at Princeton, told the New York Times. A fire in the plant's fourth reactor also sparked fears tonight, but has since been extinguished. Well, it's conflicting again that they're, they're back in fire again and maybe fusing together. Scientists in the U.S. warned yesterday of a worst-case scenario in which highly radioactive material could be blasted into the atmosphere and blown towards the West Coast. Well, it already had, because you see that the fleet, uh, the U.S. fleet, uh, sailed from the north of Japan, and it's maybe in the same article here. Uh, they sailed through a radioactive cloud 30 miles north of Japan, even though they told you earlier that the winds were blowing southward, not northward. So we're getting, well, we won't get any truth out of this as they do all their damage control. And as I say, your country would be no different whatsoever if it happened right in the U.S. or in Canada. This is the French embassy in Tokyo warned tonight that a radioactive wind is set to reach the city of more than 13 million people by around 8 a.m. EST on Tuesday. Radiation levels are already higher than usual this morning, and they're going up now by the latest reports. And meanwhile, meteorological agencies warned tonight that winds over the stricken plant are due to shift to the west later Tuesday. Right now, it's quite possible there could be some radiation floating over the United States, said Nuclear Regulatory Commission spokesman David McIntyre. And uh, it goes on and on and on. However, as I say, uh, you used to have the World Atomic Energy Association, and they changed it uh, a few years ago there. And even the IMF is in charge, is one big part of it too. So you've got this, you've got this big corporate IMF on behalf of the World Banks involved now in all information com- coming out about radiation. And it's very difficult to get any, uh, real information on radiation levels over the states and Canada. It used to be very, very easy to get at one time, uh, because they're all listed and you'd look them up and see what the radiation over your area was at any particular time. Even during the Chernobyl disaster, 
They told you that the radiation levels and uh, the concentrations and the winds that were being carried over to Europe, right over to Britain even, and even they showed you the pathways of these winds and where they would be scattering all the dust of it. But uh, you'll notice in this one here, they're keeping very, very quiet on it because we're all getting managed. We're all in a global society with a sort of global homeland security, and I very much doubt we'll get much truth at all. So anyway, they say it's heading towards, they could head towards America, might even be here. And here's Canada's uh, uh, ability to pacify the people. Radiation from Japan following the March 11th earthquake and tsunami is not expected to pose a safety risk to Canadians, Prime Minister Stephen Harper says. Said Tuesday, there's no risk of radiation or nuclear fallout coming to Canada. Now, I'll read this incredible uh, incredible statement from, from a politician, mind you, when I come back from this break. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix, reading an article from Canada uh, where the Prime Minister is reassuring Canadians that he just knows that no radiation is going to bother Canada at all, uh, being a good politician and all. And um, that's right after reading a, a, a one from Britain where it says that uh, the US and Canada obviously too uh, could very possibly get contaminated if the prevailing winds come across. But anyway, back to the Canadian one here and it says... Um, the events in Japan aren't expected to expose people in Canada to any more radiation than they normally receive from natural resources, medical tests and transoceanic travel, Dr. Paul Gully, Health Canada Senior Medical Advisor, said in CBC's Power and Politics. So you entrust the guys who work for government. We are monitoring the information from across Canada, working with other agencies, other governments to collect information and analyse it, Gully said. I wish they'd show us the figures for radiation across Canada. I mean, why should they be the only ones with access to... I know when something goes up and when it goes down. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Anyway, we've come to the conclusion there's no health risk to Canadians in Canada. And then he says, Canadians in Japan should listen to the government and emergency officials. There he recommended, like, they can't think... See, you can't think for yourself anymore. You need these experts to tell you what to do. You see? We've been trained that way. They don't like you thinking for yourself. You might get the right, <laughs> the right idea. Gully strongly discouraged, now listen to this, they strongly discouraged Canadians from buying potassium iodide tablets from domestic pharmacies, which are often given to people at risk of contamination or who have been exposed to radiation. The compound prevents or reduces absorption of radioactive iodine through the thyroid. As it actually goes to the thyroid eventually. On Tuesday, BC's government told all pharmacies that potassium iodide should not be dispensed in relation to the radiological situation in Japan. So British Columbia, on the west coast of Canada, has decided to tell pharmacists not to dispense it to anybody who's asking from the public. Now, this goes on, it's, it's even better. The Public Health Agency of Canada said it has a stockpile of thyroid-protecting iodide pills, but would not reveal where, because of security concerns like the public might want them. Eh? And you know who gets first dibs on those things. CBC's Hannah Tuberudo reported, it says here, Some Canadians have been buying pills in bulk, but that's not necessary in this country because there is no current risk of radiological exposure. The health officer, Dr. Perry Kendall, said from British Columbia, public demand for potassium iodine has surged, but Canadian health officials say bulk purchases aren't needed. 
Public demand for potassium has surged. Oh, I keep repeating the same thing. So anyway, it says, I think people are concerned and anxious about radioactive exposure, Kendall said. He's a bright guy, this, you can tell, right? It said on CBC News Network Tuesday, noting health officials along the U.S. West Coast are coping with similar concerns. But they just don't see any predictable foreseeable risk in the future. Healthcare and the Canadian Food Inspection Agency are assessing the source of food imports from Japan to see if any uh, are from the area close to the nuclear plant. If it appears that food might have come from such an area, then they'll decide if it should be checked for radiation. They're really bright and thorough. They'll decide, it, they'll, they'll decide then if it should be checked for radiation. <laughs> this is your tax money at work, folks. So far, no food has been checked till I'm not surprised. Four nuclear plants in northeastern Japan have reported damage uh, following the disaster. Federal provincial health and environmental officials continue to monitor events in Japan. In other words, the experts are dealing with it. Folks, go back to sleep and watch your sitcoms, you know. Then it goes back to say the national emergency stockpile also includes supplies for emergency field hospitals, trauma kits, quarantine units for up to 300 people, and a pushback for terrorist incidents that includes a potassium iodide. Oh, really, the antibiotic uh, ciprofloxacin and ne- ne- nerve gas antidote sets as well. Nerve gas. So I guess only really nerve gas the public if you get panicked, according to the Ontario Health Ministry's website. <laughs> and you think I'm kidding too. The province's chief medical officer could decide to distribute the iodide tablets to evacuees following a nuclear emergency in Ontario or a bordering area, a spokesperson said. Now, why would they be stockpiling it in B.C. Uh, and so on to distribute in, uh, in Ontario, if they see fit? I guess they already have their population reduction counts down and their prime targets and all the rest of it. But this is quite something else. To, to, yeah, they tell them not to sell it to the public. Hmm? Don't, mind you, these guys will be guzzling them every five minutes. I guarantee that at, at, at the bureaucratic governmental level. Now, uh, we'll go to Willis from Idaho, if he's there. Is Willis there? I am. Mr. Water, are you there? I'm here, yeah. Okay. Uh, say, I want to just echo uh, some of the other listeners. Uh, you are a brilliant researcher. You're uh, an amazing man to listen to. I don't want to pump your head all up, uh, but we sure appreciate you. Um, I'm getting to the place where I'm going to uh, get some of your books and, and whatnot. Uh, actually, I don't like... Uh, PayPal, and, and I worry about sending cash to the mail, I'll, that's probably what I'll do, but I'm just in northern Idaho. I don't know how far away you are, but uh, if you just brought your books down here, I'd, I'd uh, be happy to set you up with a few pints and for the trouble and, and buy all the books that you have. Mm-hmm. Just an idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the things that uh, I, I've run into uh, in my research, I wondered if you'd ever heard of a, a man named Dr. Rudolf Steiner. Yeah, I have, yeah. What's uh, what's your what's your thoughts on him? Uh, you, you'll find most of these people put out a lot of truth, uh, but at the same time too, they've got a lot of strange ideas. And um, I think Steiner also came out with a, a, some sort of idea of uh, which became sort of pedophiliac, basically a pedophilia idea of intergenerational sex. It was a strange part of his ideas altogether. But they all tell you parts of the truth, and they're all into some branch or other of Freemasonry. But hold on and come back after this break.
are listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix, talking to Willis from Idaho about uh, basically Rudolf Steiner, who came up with the Steiner schools and I think even the Waldorf schools was a spin-off from them as well. But um, a lot of the ideas in training children or helping to teach them in their own pace at school was a, a really good idea, as opposed to the, the indoctrination of, of the grades that you get here, you're forced through them. So everyone would learn at their own, own level. But what I did find too was the people who were in these particular schools, and I've talked to some of them by the way, uh, they didn't even have to go into university. They often got plunked off into top governmental jobs, regardless of the country they were in. So there was a kind of Masonic association there definitely involved in it. Hello? That's interesting. Uh, I, uh, the, uh, did you say pedophilia? Is that what uh, intergenerational sex? Yeah, he, would, he, was, he had a little sect to do with that too. Uh, he formed Anthroposophy. And uh, and if you really read their, their writings in detail, there's a lot of writings out there on them they put out there. That was part of it, and uh, quite, it's quite surprising to a lot of people who kind of follow this stuff. They, they preach the good stuff. But remember, too, that Steiner was into theosophy and the usual... Remember, theosophy really was a kind of religion for the new century that was to come, and it was to be coupled with politics and social movements for bringing in world socialism. Yeah, in fact, he, he, uh, he broke apart from uh, theophysy and disavowed it and, uh, and had nothing to do with it. Yeah, but what they do is they take their ideas from it. <laughs> and I've seen this happen so, so many times. Uh, Madame Bavosky was, was using his. They liked him because he was obviously tapped into something that would get people thinking and, and had a, you know, a flavor of mysticism to it. Yeah. Uh, he was just looking to be published. He just wanted his words out there. Um, mm-hmm. He also did... Uh, uh, biodynamics. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that's, yeah. that's a real, uh, that's working. I'm a biodynamic farmer, mm-hmm. and uh, that's amazing stuff. Uh, and, I, and I had not ever heard of the, the pedophilia. I, I, do, uh, I do some studies. I've read, uh, well, a lot of his books, and I haven't seen any. Yeah, you'll find that if you, if, you, if you keep searching, you'll find it. That's really why a lot of people left the, the movement is when it got a, a bad rap because things were happening and being promoted in the inner circles that the rest of them in the outer circles didn't know about. Well, that's interesting. I'll I'll look into that and I'll see see what I can come up with because I haven't seen anything that... uh, Yeah, yeah, it is out there, yeah. The stuff is out there. Uh, Well, thank you then. Thanks for calling. And and this is the problem too when you follow the gurus that are sent out to the public, um, again with Masonic ties... These characters don't just move out from a, a socialist world movement and, and um, forget all that they've, they've learned too. They, osmotically, they learn from each other as well. They know the agenda, and they're also taught how to bring people into it. And they tell you a lot of truth as well, about mainly about people themselves. There's a lot of psychology about and people have a lot of philosophy involved in it too. And that's really the, the hook that brings people in. But don't leave your your hats at the doorway when you walk into these things. You must bring your brain in with you and decide what's right and wrong for you and so on and think for yourself. Never get lost in the group.
doesn't matter what group it is, don't get lost in it. You've got to be an individual and always remain an individual and don't get used for the wrong causes. But there's no doubt about it, too. I've seen some of um, the farmers use certainly these techniques to grow incredible um, uh, vegetables and so on, and it really does work for them with some of the, the, the various sciences that were involved. And it, basically they are that, too. They are sciences. But um, now there's, there's Jeff from Ontario on the line. Are you there, Jeff? Hello? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was just... Uh I'm going to talk to you about a few things, but then a lot of things, other things came up there about Kingston too. And I was going to say uh, that uh, the armed forces in Canada, or in Canada, yeah, in Kingston. Mm-hmm. My father was a Mason, 33 degree, yeah. and he worked at the uh, the base there. And uh, I would say Queen's University. And and the armed forces there in Canada yep. is all uh, controlled by the same uh, the same force. Yeah. Oh, it is. There's no doubt on it. And so are your secret uh, services for every country. Uh, Peter Wright, who was the head eventually of MI5 and then MI6 in Britain, uh, wrote in his memoirs. He said, when I arrived to join. He was asked to come in as an expert advisor initially, and uh, the woman who took all the data on him said, you're a Mason, of course. He says, no. He says, oh, you've got to be a Mason. Everybody here is a Mason. And uh, it's the same, of course, with the CIA and so on. Secret societies draw from people who have already sworn allegiance in Freemasonry and have been watched for years before they're brought in. In other words, they can keep secrets, and that's why they like them, you know. Well, exactly, yeah. Uh, I've, uh, well, I was at Woodstock, okay, so I'm a little bit older than, it, it doesn't matter. Uh, but then in the next two months, in February uh, 11th of 1970, I joined the, uh, or 1969, I joined the Navy. Yeah. And I went through uh, Submariner, and I went through SIS, uh, and I've retired now from from sis okay mm-hmm. and uh so so i do know a lot of a lot of different things going on well there's always things going on believe you me there's always things going on and and the last folk to ever know are the public because there's a shield be- between the public and the military and the government of course that runs the military because the military is not there for for the public's protection as they've been trained to think <laughs> exactly yeah it, it, well like, totally exactly because uh, when I, oh, I've always told everybody, look, at, if you're listening to the news, then you're not getting anything. Or you're looking at the newspaper or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the other day, I live in, in well, we'll call it the Niagara region, okay. And blue sky at 9 o'clock. Yep. By 11 o'clock. Fifty-six jets went by. I took pictures of every jet that went by. And actually, they were coming back across yeah. the same area. Mm-hmm. And then I've got X's. I've got... It's amazing. Yeah. And I, I show people, and they say, oh, well, I was trying to phone the radio station. They didn't want to hear it. No, they don't, no. Actually, they've been told not to talk about it. 
So have the, so have the police, by the way. It, it, what, is, what is it? Uh, obviously, the, I, well, I've heard of this aluminum and barium and all that. That is in it, for sure. I've tested it myself. And um, they've been doing it since 98 solid, 1998 solid. And no one will tell us why it's done. And it's happening across the world. The heavily populated areas are getting really sprayed big time. And um, I'm sure it's to do with harp as, as one reason, and no doubts to do with uh, the pacifying of the public mind. Personally, I, I think they're going down like a stone in water. And uh, you can see it in the public. They're almost tranquilized some of the time. And um, because we're going through massive changes, and they want to pacify the public. And that all came out with Brzezinski in his own book, Between Two Ages, where these techniques would be used across whole continents with pulsating electromagnetic pulsing in the right frequencies. And it ties in with Tesla, uh, the, not Tesla, it ties in um, with um, Teller's technology. He's a guy who invented the H-bomb for the Pentagon, and he also worked with the Pentagon on on, on dosing the, the atmosphere with metallic particles, barium, etc., and aluminum, which would uh, make it easier for EMP-type or, or harp-type technology to be spread across the air. It, it literally creates a better circuit and makes it more effective. So I'm sure it's got a whole bunch of reasons for working. What we do know is taking a lot of people down with bronchial problems. It's also got something to do with the massive allergy syndromes. Every, everyone's got autoimmune de- deficiencies now. But they're not going to tell us. And I know for a fact from Britain and Canada and elsewhere, the police have been told, if they were questioned, never to never to discuss it, to walk away, literally, if you bring up the topic. Well, that's exactly what the radio station said. They didn't... They didn't yeah. uh, I said, go outside yeah. and take a look up in the sky right now and tell me what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they, won't, they won't tell you. They, they, they don't know themselves, and that's good enough for them because... Even in a Freemasonic society, remember, you obey a superior uh, without question and put all your observations and moral reservations to the side. In other words, you don't ask why, you just obey. And that's how the whole thing is run. Now we'll go to, um, there's Dan from Kentucky on the line. Are you there, Dan? Hello? Is Dan there? Wonderful work over the many years and until... Recently, I thought potassium iodide was a good thing, but I'm not a chemist. Mm-hmm. And I recently learned that when Mount St. Helens erupted, it produced a lot more dangerous radiation mm-hmm. than uh, in a normal nuclear power plant. The Hanford nuclear plant in Washington released potassium iodide so they could track and measure the radiation that had built up in people from Mount St. Helens. Yeah. Also, um, in Dorland's Illustrated Medical Dictionary, page 1245, it says that potassium iodide is used in hyperthyroidism uh, as an expectorant to reduce iodine levels in hyperthyroidism. So I think this is in the class like the uh, trying to make the flu vaccines hard to get Mm -hmm. um, so that it's a red herring and, you know, the government tells you that uh, this is desirable and take it. 
when it blocks your body's natural ability to use iodine, which occurs not only in your thyroid but in all the cells of your body uh, to build up your resistance against the whole radiation. idea, the, the theory behind it, the whole theory behind it is that um, uh, the iodide really um, comes into your body naturally through, if you had a decent uh, diet, for instance, you would get it from your food, your vegetables and so on, and definitely from fish, uh, sea fish, and uh, it goes to the thyroid gland, and then it, it produces thyroxin, you see. And thyroxin really motivates the... Thyroxin is the basic for, basis for all your metabolism, for your whole body. Every cell depends on thyroxin to function. And if you don't have enough, of course, you get hypothyroidism, and your skin thickens, your hair thickens, you slow down in speech and movements and so on. And if it's hyper, then you become different. You, you become very skinny quickly because you're, you'll burn off the energy like crazy, and your hair becomes thin, falls out, and so on. But um, the idea of giving it an advance of radioactive iodide coming is that uh, if, you're, if your thyroid is stocked up, it's got, it's got a loading dose, you see, and once it's stocked up with uh, its, its quota for the day, it won't absorb any more of the radioactive stuff coming in. So that's really the theory behind why you take it. Uh, before, there's no point in taking it after the event. You ought to take it before the event. Yeah. I think seaweed is a good alternative, and also yeah. uh, chemically, potassium iodide is KI, and I think isn't that a Sumerian demon name? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I but, but you're right though with the sea, the, the, even seaweed, uh, kelp, and so on is high in it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just wanted to warn people. I think it's like the uh, flu thing. Make it down hard again, and then it causes the problems it's supposed to prevent. And, and also, it, it won't cause it post As I say, if you load your body up in advance of the radioactive stuff coming in, your body technically won't observe. But that's only one type of the radiation. You're getting dust and everything. It's getting in your lungs. It's getting all over your body. And so it's a kind of a bit of a placebo to an extent because, um, as I say, you've got it elsewhere in your body. Once it's in your lungs, it's going to stay there too, you know. Yeah. Okay, well, thanks, and good luck. And thanks for calling. And uh, there's Gloria from New York. Are you there, Gloria? Hello? Yes. Hi, good evening, Alan. I, I'm calling to, to say that, uh, yeah, people do listen to you, and uh, I really, it's uh, a very open, open-minded uh, and uh, a lot of information, good information, and uh, I I see now on uh, Al Jazeera that uh, they say that they're calling for a martial plane in the Arab world, mm-hmm. and it's uh, what do you think of it? I mean, what do you take on that? Oh, of what's happening in the Arab world? It's uh, the calling for martial plan in the Arab world. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the martial plan, of course, is, is the same scenario used after World War II uh, with the countries that are supposedly defeated. And uh, it, it really is a, it's the IMF coming in uh, to, dis- to basically run the affairs of the new governments or puppet governments or whatever when they come in, and it literally deals with all your finances, does all your bookkeeping, arranges the taxes to be brought in uh, from the people, it's, uh, and it can run you for 20, 50, or more years if, if need be, 
It's the, see, the whole idea of, of the Middle East is to bring in, what they wanted to do was bring in a complete Arab bloc and a North African bloc. Uh, and they're trying to unite the whole of Africa right now, in fact, have been for quite a few years, just like they have a European bloc and North American bloc. Uh, this is the big plan for, for bringing people together. I noticed the United Arab Emirates are coming together under the same plan, too, to create a, an Arab bloc. So they, before they were independent as far as money came to, they didn't really owe money outside of their countries, um, but they must get the World Bank in to make this, this same system global, and they must bring in the same um, front of democracy to bring it in with their own government. So they bring in a puppet regime, call them democratic, but these are young people trained in, in this new democracy. They'll be the new managerial class for managing the general population for the future. The old system has to be destroyed completely. That's what they claim at the top. They will not have competing systems. They say it's time for the old religions uh, to, to just die off fast and uh, science to rule. And it's this thing called democracy that's really a rubber band because none of us have ever really seen much of it in their lifetimes. Democracy is supposed to be the will of the people and uh, legislation is supposed to be the will of the people. And we have laws legislated all the time, but the public are never, ever asked what they want at all on any specific thing. Uh, so we, we have, a, we have a, a farce of democracy and, but the IMF is a big tool of the World Bank. And eventually the IMF have already said in their own website, by the way, and the Council on Foreign Relations has said that works with them, that they want to uh, distribute a world currency to all countries and you will send your prime ministers or leaders off to arrange the debts from the IMF and they'll give you special drawing rights from them. So it's the whole future is unfortunately all set up. We're living through a business plan, a big business plan. But thanks for calling back after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix and uh, there's Bob on the line from Texas there. Are you there, Bob? Uh, yes, hello, Alan. Yes, hello. Uh, good good to hear from you. I sent you a thank you note for the uh, uh, literature that you sent, and I appreciate that. Uh-huh. Uh, I wanted to uh, – I, I was interested in the caller, last caller that was talking about the chemtrails. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I get the same response yes. uh, from people. And, you know, this, this, this code of silence that's – that's out there about this thing is is incredible, mm-hmm. yep. but and in relation to this, I was wondering, uh, you know, what your what your thoughts would be concerning, you know, I, I read something from the Sovereign Independent, mm-hmm. um, which I'm really I'm, I'm glad you uh, have put up links on this. Uh, they they give you a lot of information, mm-hmm. um, but there's something here by uh, uh, David Noble, and yeah. he was he was uh, had, you know written something about heart. And then he, he, there was a quote. It says, you know, precautions against unconventional arms uh, must be intensified as potential terrorist uh, chemical and biological weapons and electromagnetic methods that could create holes in the ozone layer or trigger earthquakes yeah. or volcanoes. That's you know, right. This was back in 1997. This was the Secretary of Defense, uh, 
uh, the United States here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, when I see all these earthquakes in New Zealand, Haiti, yeah. uh, Chile, you know, it just the, the list goes on and on, and you see the dead fish mm-hmm. and things that happened before these things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and, and you look up and you see the harp effects of the clouds with mm-hmm. the uh, scattered clouds and this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like there's pulsing going on in the sky. And, yeah, you know, uh, there is pulsing there in the sky. Two or three years ago, I sat outside one night and watched. Uh, it was like someone playing piano keys from one end to the other across the sky. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. and I see that here. I, I photographed that. And you know the strange thing: if people think this is they they think this is regular cloud formation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I, you know, I, I can't help but think. And you know, I don't want to sound like I'm. You know, I hear so many people use. And I think that the term paranoid is overused, just like conspiracy sure. theory and so forth. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you, you you see all this stuff, and you, you and you think, my gosh, uh, could could this sort of thing be used? Um, you know, I see Japan going through this thing, and I go, mm-hmm. you know, to eliminate a country. I mean, oh, absolutely. That's what it was designed to do. In fact, I put up the links before to the governmental sites and to, it's in my archive section, and to um, uh, the United How Nations. How do you access your archive section on, on your website? Just go into cuttingthroughmates.com and punch up archives, talks, and you'll find them in there. Uh, but I've, the treaties for they've signed at the United Nations under uh, weather warfare uh, techniques uh, admits in there they've got harp technology. They all signed on to it in the early 70s. They sign on again every year. So you, you get 70, 71, 72 uh, onwards right there from them. All the countries that signed it, they say we have this technology. It can cause earthquakes, tsunamis, floods, droughts. It's a perfect weapon. And it's so perfect because you can never prove that has uh, been used on you. And technically, they were not supposed to use it on opposing countries or any enemy countries, but they are allowed to use it upon their own people. Crazy. Yeah. Now, Brzezinski also talked about using technotronic warfare. This is the same warfare techniques and using it across all of America and Canada and elsewhere to pacify the people. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for calling. So from Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. I mean, your God or your gods go with you and uh, put your prayers out for those folk in Japan and the hell they're going through. <laughs>